Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 5. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little girl is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him. And the large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. And she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I touch his clothes, I would be made well. Immediately, her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that the power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you? How can you say, Who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw the commotion of people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talithia kum, which means little girl, get up. And immediately the little girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this, they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So last week we heard about the disciples crossing the Sea of Galilee through a life-threatening storm away from Jesus' familiar terrain at home. And as soon as he steps on the, the land across the sea... A man comes up to him who is possessed by many demons and simply is called Legion. And Jesus knew what this man needed in order to be made well, so Jesus gives it to him, a gift freely given. Now Jesus has come back across the lake. He is greeted by the crowds once again, and word about what Jesus is doing, his ministry, has reached the masses And among the crowd, this man comes to Jesus named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue. And he begs Jesus to come and heal his daughter. And Jesus agrees, so they leave for Jairus' home. And on the way, something different, something special happens. 
In desperation, a woman reaches out to Jesus. She touches the hem of his garment, and her world is changed forever. You see, this woman, she is given no name in the Bible. She is described only as a woman who had been hemorrhaging, who has been bleeding for 12 years. And according to most people in the society, she was a nobody. She had no purpose in life. She was cast aside. Her hope for the day was to get close enough to Jesus so she can touch the edge of his garment so she could possibly be healed by him. She has no advocate. She has no community. She has no support. She has no family. So she goes herself to approach Jesus. And she reaches her goal. She touches his garment and her life, her world has been changed forever. And it still boggles my mind how Jesus knew that it was her who touched his garment. Especially because she was not the only one trying to get close to Jesus. But there was a connection with her. Jesus knew the power has gone from him to her. And as she comes to him, trembling in fear, admitting what she had done, she thinks she is worth nothing. She is telling him what she had done in this internal dialogue goes on in her head during that time. She hears what people say about her. She knows what people think. And she has this this mindset that she is worth nothing. But Jesus says that she is different, that she is special. Jesus did not dismiss her like every other person in her life. He did not get mad at her or even reprimand her for what she had done. Instead, he gives her a new name, calling her daughter, calling her a person of faith, of great faith, and naming her healed. And this is what we all want, isn't it? We want a name. We want to feel valued from the people that are around us. We want to be loved by God. But that's not always the way things happen. Like the woman, we have this internal dialogue that goes on in our heads as well. We hear what people say about us. We know that we are different in one way or another. And like the woman, we need to let those voices go. But instead of reaching out to Jesus for healing, instead of falling at our knees and asking Jesus to be with us, we become those voices for someone else. We look at the world and we see what is different from us. And if we don't like what we see, if we disagree in one way or another, then we name and label those people as different from us. Whether it's a type of worship style that we have here at the church, or if it's someone older or younger than us, if it's someone's gender or the way that someone looked based on their weight or skin color or ethnicity. It could be someone who loves someone different from us or their beliefs. The names that we have hung on to and hurled at others are meant to reduce or objectify them. We don't try to do this, perhaps. We don't feel like we're mean people. But it's in our nature as human beings to see what is different and then to gather with those who seem to be like us, who we have something in common with. 
But what we read in Scripture is exactly the opposite. Jesus is constantly crossing borders, whether geographical or social. Jesus is desperately wanting to be in relationship with those who feel like they are cast aside, who feel like they are nobody, who are with the lost or the hungry or the poor in spirit. That's why the woman interrupts Jesus' preaching and healing. She is no longer just a woman or the one who has been hemorrhaging for 12 years. Now, now she is the daughter, the one restored to the family, to the community, the one who has been given health and life. And this is what Jesus wants us to do as well, to see people for who they really are, unique persons created in the image of God, each worthy of our attention, care, love, and respect. Christ calls us to leave the comfortable and familiar behind in order to reach out to our brothers and sisters who are also children of God. You know, because it's okay if we attend different worship services. It's okay if we look different or love different. It's okay if we act a little funny now and then. What matters is that we are all gathered to worship the same God. I know it's, it's easier to say than actually do. And I know this is not easy stuff to talk about. But what happened recently in Charleston is horrendously wrong. And we cannot sit aside and not do anything about it. We cannot sit aside and not talk about it. We cannot let the world take this event and make it about something else or ignore it completely. Before we go out into, into the world and name the evils and injustices in this world... We first have to know our names. We first have to embrace the name given to us. And this may not seem easy at first because we can say on the surface, well, I'm a, I'm a father, or I'm a mother, or I'm a sister, a brother, a husband, wife, friend, pastor, student, business owner, retiree. But that's what we do. It's not who we are. When you lay down at night and when you begin to think through your day, when you think, think about your life, what are the thoughts that roll through your mind? What are the names that you give to yourself? Maybe you are suffering. Maybe there's an illness. Maybe there's a failure in your life. Maybe there's a relationship that you have broken or a regret that you're suffering from. Maybe you think you're not useful or helpful anymore because of how old you are or how busy you are. These are the names that we are giving ourselves. And trust me, I don't like them as much as you don't like them. I don't like to admit my problems or failures. I don't like to admit my regrets. I don't like to come to terms with all the evils in my own life. But these are the names that we hold on to. These are the things that we identify ourselves by. The names that I call myself when I look into the mirror are the names that I cling on to. A name which is completely different from the name that God calls out to me. When God looks at us, God calls us sons and daughters. We are named as a person of great faith and faithful. We are named as worshipful because we are a part of God's family and we are all children of God. We are named perfect in God's eyes. And if we looked at everybody else with the eyes of God... There would no longer be black and white. There would no longer be gay or straight or rich or poor. 
There would no longer be the differences that tear us apart. It would not matter where we worshipped or how we worshipped. We would be the people of God. We would know our love and our value and our worth that comes from God. We would not exclude others. We would not put down others to make ourselves feel better. We are given an opportunity to live this way because our names, our true names, are given in our baptism. At a baptism that we celebrate today with Brody and, and then at the second service we'll celebrate with Liliana. These are children who are named and claimed in their baptism. And, and no matter what happens in their life, no matter where they go in life, no matter what they do in their life or have done to them, they will always know that they are loved by God. God sees them as a unique and beloved individual worthy of love, honor, and respect. The baptism given today to Brody and to Liliana will forever be from God. They will know that no matter what they look like, who they love, what they do or don't do in their lives, that they will be blessed by God. But in order for them to know this, in order for them to truly know this deep within their hearts, they need to hear this. That's the only way that I know to get through my week. The only way that I remember that I'm a blessed and beloved child of God. The only way that I can fully understand this is to experience it week after week after week. To come to church and to worship with you all. To pray and sing. To come to the waters of baptism every week. And to gather around the altar with you every week. To hear the word of grace and love and the forgiveness of sins each and every week. And when I come and I hear this message from God, when I experience this message from God, I am made new. And I am reminded of the identity given to me, just as you can be reminded of the identity given to you. When we come, we are reminded that God loves us. You know, so much of the world... Each and every week, we, we have the world that comes into our lives to undermine our confidence, to put us down, and to pit us against one another. But we come to church and we're reminded that we are a community of faith, that we gather together and worship the same God, and we have been made new, and we receive our identity. And then perhaps from this place, we can go out into the world and look at one another through the eyes of God. To resist using the destructive names and defined labels to reduce others. Instead, we can go out into the world and respond to and share God's love with the world. A love that's given to you and to me and to the world freely. A love that sees each of us as individuals. Each of us as precious in God's sight. A love that calls each of us as blessed children of God. Amen.